What are you doing out here? I'm doing stuff. Thanks. You're listening to the Stuff and Things Podcast. Coming to you from both the UK and the USA. Here are your hosts, Sam and Alfie. Hello and welcome everybody. This is the extra special mid-season finale edition of the Stuff and Thangs podcast. I am Sam Jones here in the UK and joining me via satellite, I'm going to say, because that sounds exotic, <laughs> my friend in the USA, Alfie Adams. How you doing, my friend? Uh, uh, buddy, I am, I'm here. I am recovering from the man flu and it was the closest I've ever been to a, a full-on uh, zombie outbreak. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, we've discussed it before. Uh, I think it's now well known that man flu is actually what begins the zombie apocalypse. It is. It has to be. I mean, there's just no other explanation. Um, I, I want to say right off the bat, um, we've had a few uh, technical issues this week and we're blaming the snow yes. um, and Scott Gimple. Yes. Just, just letting everybody know that straight away. We have a, what can only be described as a packed show, my friend. Yeah. Um, we have like a, a ton of stuff to get through. Obviously, we've got the episode to discuss, and there's a heck of a lot of fallout off the back of that as well, mm-hmm. um, which we'll discuss at the back end. But before we even, uh, before this episode even aired, I, I had a few things that have come out in the press over here. Okay. And I wanted to bring up with you. So we're just going to fly straight in, if that's okay. Yep. Um, so right away, it's to do with Fear the Walking Dead. Yay. Okay, so, so don't cry straight away, because it, it is actually interesting. The original concept for Fear the Walking Dead from Robert Kirkman was to have a show permanently set in the season one era of The Walking Dead. Okay? okay. So that was the original concept. Kirkman, speaking to British uh, papers this last week, said, My original vision has changed, or rather been changed. There are lots of factors. Okay, so that's a quote. Uh, It appears that the showrunners, or the people in charge of the show once it sort of moved forward, had a very different idea of what they wanted to do. In fact... AMC appeared to want to create a franchise much like NCIS. So you know me and you joked all the time about (laughs) Walking Dead Miami and stuff like that? That was basically where they were going. Okay. Um, With the show not meeting or following Kirkman's original plan and AMC admitting that they feel they may have made a mistake, there have been changes, which includes a new set of showrunners And the Gimple has been brought in to oversee both Fear and The Walking Dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this next part is pure speculation coming off the back of this kind of news. And it relates to the crossover. So, as everybody now knows, there will be a character heading from The Walking Dead to Fear. One of the things that's been speculated a lot is how that's going to happen due to the timelines. In amongst our big discussions over it and from all the discussions that i've seen online the one thing that i've not seen and this goes towards is that actually we will see a time jump but it will be from fear not from the walking dead 
and the character of Morgan as he is now, we will see exit The Walking Dead in Season 8 and appear in Fear. Not a previous incarnation of the character. So Fear is doing a two-year time jump? This is the, the speculation, if you like, okay. off of the back of these revelations around the AMC uh, vision and Gimple taking over. Now, the reason behind this speculation, so to add a little bit more detail before I gauge your, your opinion in full, um, is that the fact that they've decided that fear in the way that AMC envisioned it hasn't worked, and it's now too far the other way to go back to Mr. Kirkman's original vision for the show. So they are actually now planning to merge the shows or take fear off the air, but take some of the characters. And by doing a crossover, they are actually going to use the Morgan character to do that, to bridge the gap. Um, in a in what it says here is believed the reason uh, Mr. Gimple is now involved is that both shows is the plan to merge them and Morgan is going to be that bridge. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, honestly, I, I, I think, uh, Scott Gimple could mess up a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at this point in time. And, um, sadly, I'm so, uh, so not happy with the way the show has gone this season and I put the shoulder of that on Gimple. Yep. If if Gimple is said to be doing something, I don't yeah. want anything to do with it. Like yeah. he's done, <clears throat> he's done zero for me as a fan. He's he's all he has done is turned me away. Yeah, no, that's probably fair. Um, we'll we'll obviously discuss him and The Walking Dead a little bit later on. But I want to cover that because that is the speculation that's out there around that. And that would be something I've not seen a lot of people talk about with regards to fear jumping to catch up. Um, Moving on from that, there's a little bit of news this week regarding the lawsuit. Um, Robert Kirkman, as we know, and other producers are actually currently locked in a legal battle with AMC. Uh, The legal battle relates to the amount of money they are owed over the walking dead property. This is not an uncommon thing uh, in TV and AMC have even released a press statement saying while they deem the lawsuit frivolous and opportunistic, they have a still have an excellent working relationship. It seems a very contradictory um, press statement, but I suppose that's the sort of thing they have to put out. Sure. Uh, What's interesting is Robert Kirkman has signed an exclusivity deal now with Amazon Prime TV. So any new content from Robert Kirkman and his company, Skybound, will now be exclusive to Amazon, not AMC. So that Mm. has happened very recently. Part of the deal is they cannot do anything with The Walking Dead, though. AMC still own that. Okay. Um, Kirkman, uh, this is the speculation off the back of that, is that Mr. Kirkman's trying to wrap his shows with AMC, leaving only The Walking Dead, uh, which he concedes is kind of lost to him now. But he will continue the lawsuit in the hope to get more of a steer on the direction of the show, as well as financial compensation. 
but yeah, so so the lawsuit is continuing, and Kirkman's basically taken his ball now and gone to Amazon. So the relationship with AMC for me has clearly broken down. Sure sounds that way. Yeah. Uh, Okay, the next thing from the news is relating to the decline in the ratings. Uh, This is from an article in Forbes magazine. Mm -hmm. The Walking Dead has fewer characters we truly care about each season, and the writers constantly make the ones we do like act in a strange, nonsensical way. Mm. Okay, so before you react to that, there's one more paragraph from this. The show now has pet tigers, in quotes, kings, and villains who want to be liked more than they do want to add to the story. We have people who live in the trash and talk absolute nonsense. They are not replacing beloved characters, and the show has lost its grit and reality-based themes. It now truly feels at home as a comic book TV show. Now, that is from a review in Forbes magazine, and it yep. got shared one hell of a lot um, on social media. Yep. And I think the reason why it got shared so much is I think that person has articulated the feelings of many, many Walking Dead fans, um, myself included. How about yourself? Yep. No, I, he summed it up perfectly. Yeah. No, I agree. Um there were a couple of questions off the back of that. Again, I'm sort of blasting through this because I know we got a lot to get through. Um, but obviously, yeah, we both agree with the statements there. Now we've said that, do you think, and it's a question that was asked uh, in the article, do you think the show has simply been around so long it's now the villain? So if you see what I mean by that, you know, you, you die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Yeah. Is, it just a case, is it just a case that the show's been around so long, we've hit that where it's now cool not to like it and potentially it'll come round again? Or... You know, is there greater problems than that? No, no. There's, there's, there's greater problems, man. I, I, I you know, to try to keep it brief, I had a talk with a good friend of mine this weekend, and uh, he's a younger guy, and he's like that prime demographic that uh, the show would want. Uh, he's kind yeah. of grown up with this show, you know, he's early twenties now. He's never missed an episode. And he was like, yeah, I just, I'm not watching it this year. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, he's like, it's just, it's just not good. It's just the same old stuff. Um, he's like, it's, it's just, it just doesn't even make sense what they're doing. It's, it's horrible. And he's not at all the type that would, um, you know, jump on a bandwagon to hate it. I mean, this, this kid like watches the ride with Norman Reedus show. He's yeah. just that much of a fan of the whole universe. And, uh, he's, wow. he, yeah, he's, he's, he's the one who watches that. Eh? Yeah. 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 yeah well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's a perfect example of, uh, where people are with regards yep. to the writing. Yep. Okay. Um, okay, man. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that kind of covers that. The, uh, before we get into the episode, there's a couple of people I want to say a quick uh, something to. Basically, this past week, anyone who follows us on the Facebook page, uh, which is facebook.com slash podcast, or follows the website www.stuffandthangspodcast.com, will know that we put out content constantly. 
Um, we asked people to interact as well. And this week, one of the things we put out was the fact we hit a milestone. Mm -hmm. uh, we went past the 10,000 unique listens to the podcast. Boom. So we want to say a big thank you to everybody for that. And if you're listening now, you are part of that number. So a big thank you to you. Um, we had a couple of people make comments, and I just want to say a quick hello. Uh, Patrick Landry, a.k.a. Patrick Laundry. Uh, <laughs> I think he's insinuating i butcher names uh he commented on our website i just want to say a big thank you that is the first comment we've had on there for some time um he, he basically said even if he's the only person to comment on an episode of the podcast we have to play the butcher's names theme music so for you patrick i'll make sure it's always there uh i want to say a big hello to sabrina neve i believe neve she listens to us when she's at the gym so i feel i should say something motivational right now um Go, Sabrina, go. Uh, yeah. Pump that iron. Uh, lift those legs and things <laughs> like that. Uh, Manda Aziqui, uh, I want to say a big thank you to you. Hashtag, she loves a hashtag. Erin uh, Maynard, she says she listens every week. Thank you, Erin. That's very kind of you. And uh, Stefan Cruz Alvarez, uh, he wants Alfie to stop being a dirty spoiler tease. Well, hopefully, uh, if he saw the show, he understands why I did not yes. release that spoiler. We, we will come more to that at the end the end of this podcast. But a uh, big thank you to those people. A big thank you to everybody else. If I've not mentioned you, that's just because I've not read your name somewhere. Um, but my friend, if you are ready, let's dive into this episode. Oh, yeah. Okay, season eight, episode eight. And the title of the episode was... Oh, uh, dude, I, I seriously, I forgot it. No, that's not right. Uh, okay. The episode was called How It's Gotta Be. Yeah, that's right. That's okay, so right. The, the episode begins with uh, a gimpalism, as I've now called it, where we get a kind of shot out of time and a few scenes that are jumbled in together. Uh, the episode begins with Rick looking down at the sanctuary, basically a direct uh, follow-on from the last episode. Uh, but rather than just playing it out from there, we then have it jump to a flashback to episode one, uh, but a scene we didn't see, which is Rick and Carl walking down the road discussing. Uh, if you remember from episode one, Carl ran into somebody and Rick ran them off by shooting over yeah. their head. Yeah. Uh, so we have this conversation between Rick and Carl and Carl saying to him, you know, we have to be better. Uh, we have to you know, look out for people. Otherwise, what are we fighting for? At that very moment, in my notes, I've written, OMG, Carl's in trouble. I think he's just become the moral compass. <laughs> so just putting that out there. That's yep. what I wrote. Um, we, we get this... Uh, it aggravates me, but I'm going to try and move past it because otherwise I could spend 10 minutes ranting about it. But this kind of gimple flashback intertwined storytelling... Uh, Rick and Jadis come under fire, um, so we're back in the present again. Mm. And as Rick shouts to the garbage people to, you know, fire back, he notices they've all run off and left him there. Jadis did lay some line into him along the lines of, this is not the picture you gave us, um, right, right. which is a fair point. Uh, yeah. When Rick signed them up to his army, they, they thought they were just basically showing up. However, yeah, uh, the saviors have got out. Uh, luckily for Rick, Carol and Jerry arrive in a car to save him. Uh, I'm guessing this is because this was kind of like a predetermined time that everybody was supposed to be meeting there to 
try and get the saviors to surrender. <laughs> However, I'm, I'm a bit lost on it because if that's the case, the hilltop were going to be seriously late. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not entirely sure why Carol and Jerry were there, but they were. And luckily Rick escaped. We get more of this Carl and Rick um, interaction again now where Carl's questioning Rick on the reasons for the war. Uh, it has to be about more than just killing them all, Dad. Um, we get a, a shot then, which I hated, and I know a lot of people probably loved, but we get this weird kind of 80s music and a shot of all the main characters, their facial expressions... <laughs> intertwined and then it finishes with Negan whistling and smiling yeah and then the credits roll I mean what the hell was that I don't know I loved it because I think that was one of the first comments I saw was Manda had a hashtag of uh, hashtag 80 synth something and I was like she nailed it because it's it was awful and it it was like the the showrunners of so on what's hot at the moment oh yeah stranger things that's set in the 80s quick throw some (laughs) 80s stuff in there Uh, anyway um we have the credits uh still a big fan of the credits i'm gonna throw that out there that's part Uh, of the show enid (laughs) enid and aaron they're in a car they're on the road uh they are heading to the ocean side we learn yeah. Um, Aaron has basically made the decision we need more people. There are more people there that have got a problem with the saviors. That's head there. Uh, Enid, as we know, tagged along because they needed a win. Uh, they're having a conversation. Aaron, he's obviously still reeling. He's just lost his uh, boyfriend. So obviously he's dealing with that. Uh, he says to Enid, you know, can you drive? Uh, obviously trying to lighten the mood, if you like. Um, Enid makes a, a snap about I can drive better than Carl. Yeah, well, Carl's got one eye. You leave the kid alone. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so that was kind of a uh, an amusing moment. But when next we see Enid behind the wheel, and she's she's spotted a like a brewery, yeah. and she's sort of said we shouldn't show up empty-handed. So they they go off and head that way. Um, we then jump to Alexandria and the episode jumps around a lot. So I will try and keep up with that if I can. Uh, at Alexandria, Daryl's telling Michonne that his plan worked. And we also see Tara telling Rosita that the plan worked. I, I mean, I'm, I'm still really hacked off with Daryl at the moment. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, just that character. I just, what is going on? Um, now we see that Carl has written a letter to his dad and is emotional, sat alone in the house. So I've written here in the notes, okay, Carl's in trouble, what's going on? Um, Tara and Rosita, kind of an amusing moment where they're trying to, I guess, make friends again. Um, but there's one thing that came from this, uh, Rosita just dumps all this stuff on Tara, which is quite funny. Um, but one of the things that I've noticed is both Daryl and Tara and these people have come back there. So basically they enacted this plan, but none of them stuck around to keep an eye on it to make sure it worked. Right. Right. Yeah. You, you anything more on that? Or I, I just, I was, I find that odd. It's like they, they smashed a hole in the sanctuary and then just went like, yay. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, look, I, look, 
listeners, I, I'm going to jump all over the place. But the fact that they never showed the escape and how they did it. Yeah, it's yeah. very annoying. Yeah. So, okay. sorry. Um, we're back to Aaron and Edith, who have basically found what looks like a van um, with some supplies, I'm guessing. We're not entirely sure. Uh, they park the van and the car next to each other because it's now nighttime, and the two of them are going to sleep in the car. They hear uh, some noises outside, so Aaron gets out to go and investigate, and Enid follows. We then hear a woman's voice basically saying, you shouldn't have come here, and Aaron's knocked to the ground. Enid uh, takes a leaf out of Han Solo's book and shoots first, and shoots the woman, kills her. Uh, we then realize that this is the leader of the Oceanside, and it's the Oceansiders, and Enid has just shot her dead. So, it, it, but this is like the, the turning point where the lights went out in the show, right? Exactly right, yes. And from here on out, I mean, it was, hello we darkness, my old dark. friend. It, it was horrible. Yeah. Well, my, my next thing I was going to say is, um, the show from this point is shot at night. I mean, all of the scenes from this point onwards are at night. I have to expect, and I think any fan of the show would have to expect, if you are looking at something at night time, if it's perfectly lit, then it's not going to be real or gritty, if you like. Yeah, okay, we understand that. It's going to be dark. However, you pointed out to me, I've noticed myself, and I've seen countless comments from Walking Dead communities everywhere online it was actually very difficult to follow the show because we couldn't actually see what was going on. No. And I, I think to a lot of like uh, suspense uh, driven movies that I watched that have been filmed at night and yeah. they always do a good job of using like moonlight, you know, type like obviously every night's not going to be a full moon, but in the movie you, you make it lit like it's full moon. Yeah. So that you can still see what the heck is happening, man. Yeah. This 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 crap of doing this artistic uh, videoing and filming and montages and you know eighty synth music artistic choice crap is just it's just that man. Make a yeah. show that's watchable. You know, don't yeah. don't 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 do art and sacrifice the quality. Yeah. No. Well, no, I, I'm with you. I agree. Um, in that particular instance from that scene where Enid shoots the woman dead, we don't have anything else on this scene at all going forward. There, there are two. There are two points. Two points on it. I sort of want to pick up. One is um, obviously Enid didn't know who it was, and the suspect it's going to be a walker. The fact she heard someone speak, I mean, she probably thought it was a savior. The Oceanside group, as far as we're aware, were on that beach and never left that beach. Right. So when the woman said, you shouldn't have come here, where are they exactly? Because it's, you know, as far as we're concerned that they, they don't ever leave that place because they're hiding from the saviors. So, yeah, that that whole that whole bit there for me was just bizarre, and the fact that we never had any further to it. I mean, obviously we'll get more in part B, but it was just a really odd little part to be put in the mid season finale with with nothing else to it. 
other than I guess like a cliffhanger, almost what's going to happen there. But it, it's just it was just a bizarre thing for me. And you don't do a cliffhanger on a minor side point for two C maybe B characters yeah. at the most yeah. when there's going to be a cliffhanger on one of the most major characters ever in yeah. the franchise. Yeah. yeah. The, the focus should have been elsewhere. Would well, you know, we'll, we'll come back to that. So we head back to Alexandria now, uh, Carl's inside. They're all talking and you hear, uh, Lucille hit the gates. Uh, and we have Negan over a loudspeaker laying out one of his speeches. Uh, you know, all of you better line up, open these gates and apologize. Whoever has the weakest apology is going to get killed. And then I'm going to kill Rick, and then we're going to move on. Uh, he basically gives him three minutes to open the gates, or he's going to blow the holy hell out of the place. Um, Carl, in that instant, takes charge straight away. Um, he tells everyone there's like an evacuation plan. It's obviously something that's been put in place. Not something I was aware of that I've seen. They all seem to have like this clear idea of what they do, but... Yeah, I've not seen them plan it at any point, but uh, regardless, Carl sort of takes charge, which is kind of great to see. I enjoyed that. Um, you know, considering that you had Michonne, you had Daryl there, Rosita, and Carl was just like, "No, I'm in charge. Do this." Um, we flick from that, and we have another one of these artsy montage crap of Rick and Carol driving. And we just see their faces. That's how we know they're driving cars. And then we see Jerry driving and then smash. Jerry gets hit off the road. Uh, We assume anyway, because we don't actually see it. We just see lots of lights and smash. Um, There was an ad break there, which left me a moment just to go, no, Jerry. Um, we then come back from that and we have Ezekiel still broken at the kingdom and Ezekiel has a note, uh, clearly left by Jerry, um, which is just written. I mean, it was funny. I mean, the notes like, Hey bro, um, had to, had to bounce, uh, hopefully, you know, had to see this through. Hopefully you'll be there as well. Uh, typical Jerry really, you know, this kind of laid back dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but whilst we're, reading that note and Ezekiel's reading that note, we hear screams, shouts from outside and very clear that the saviors have entered the kingdom and have basically stormed in at this point, And it's about to get even more so in a minute. I, I got to ask again, how many saviors are there? <laughs> because Rick and his group mass murdered so many. Mm hmm. Uh, from from season six to all the way up through the beginning, the first four episodes of this, there must have been hundreds killed. And we're talking about the saviors as the kind of army of the sanctuary, if you like. These are the guys that are actually the the, the militia, the, the guys marching around with the guns, keeping everyone else safe. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a number put on it, but the fact that they were trapped inside the sanctuary, but have been able to break from that and storm three <laughs> compounds at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, that, that to me, the numbers just aren't adding up to me. 
Um, but basically, yeah, the kingdom's overrun. We now catch up with Maggie and her people on the road. So the hilltop are moving. Uh, Maggie alludes to the fact that they're meeting up with Rick, etc., to the sanctuary with a view of uh, forcing the saviors to surrender. Jesus is driving and he says, do you think they will? And Maggie's like, not right away. You know, we wouldn't. But then all of a sudden we see a trees down in the road. Uh, Maggie and her crew are stopped by that. And then a load of vehicles come up from behind them. Uh, the vehicles are the saviors and there's even more of them. Lots, lots more of them. Yeah. Uh, and we have Simon. Simon uh, has like a box or a coffin, which he puts on Maggie's car. And we see the back of the, the van that Simon's in. Uh, we see Jerry and Jerry's thrown down the ramp. And there's a savior there with a gun to Jerry's head. So things have just got pretty serious. Mm -hmm. um, at Alexandria, we're seeing Carl continue his plan to get everybody out. Um, he's enacting this, throwing smoke grenades or collecting them, it appears. Um, we don't really see much in that scene at the kingdom. Uh, the saviors are in charge and are basically ranting at people uh, about where's Ezekiel. The guy who's in charge there, and I don't know the character name, so apologies for that, but the guy who's at the kingdom, the, the savior, he above all the other saviors, doesn't seem to relish the violence as much as the others. Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's doing it, don't get me wrong, he's he's as complicit as anybody else, but he, he genuinely seems to have this tone of, I, yeah, don't do this. You know, Ezekiel's got to go because of what's happened, but the rest of you don't, right. you know, that's it. But if you don't, then this is going to have to happen Negan's way, you know, so yeah. help yourselves. It's it just an interesting, interesting side point on him. I, and he was the guy who, who was kind of like, yeah, should we surrender? <laughs> you know, right at the very start. It's like, hey, maybe we should talk about this. Um, so the kingdom, the saviors are in charge. On the road, Simon is taking the guns off of everybody from the hilltop. Uh, everyone in the, in the cars are basically surrendering their weapons. Uh, Simon's laying in. Uh, you know, kind of a speech as, as Simon does. Um, you know, he's kind of mini Negan, if you yeah. like, but, but Simon, I mean, Simon's good in his own right. Yeah. Uh, not good as in a good character, <laughs> but uh, the guy's a great actor, I think. Um, we then have Simon, Simon kills someone in the car with Maggie. Uh, the, the savior's way of, we always kill one to make our point. Uh, at Alexandria, the, the countdown is reaching the end of the three minutes. So all of these events and everything that's going on across all of these things are obviously happening simultaneously uh, and are happening in the space of two minutes. <laughs> um, but as Negan's getting close to the point, uh, Carl pops up and Negan's shouting for Rick and Carl says he's not home. That, that actually kind of made me laugh. Um, Carl and Negan have this exchange, and for me, this is probably my favorite part of the whole episode. Yeah. Carl, uh, kind of stoically, if you like, tells Negan, if someone's got to die, kill me. And that seems, and this is, I can be a little bit critical of Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Negan at times, but I think he acted this brilliantly. 
he didn't go over the top. He just, he reacted to it in this kind of, it knocked him. You know, he was, he was putting on this big Negan show, which he does. And Carl saying, kill me seemed to absolutely throw him. You know, that was like, what? Hank, what? <laughs> no, that that's, that's not right. Um, Carl, from our point of view, we realize is stalling because we see Daryl, etc., in a in a convoy ready to go charging out of Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do that. They go bursting through the other gate. Uh, Dwight is at that other gate, and he's basically tried to leave that door open as best he can. There's a group of saviors there, um, and they do. They punch straight out. And then we have my favorite line in the whole finale from Negan is like, you SOB, Carl, was that just a ploy? I thought we were having a moment there, you little asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loved that. I thought oh, yeah, it was good. The whole, that bit between Carl and Negan for me was without a shadow of a doubt my favorite bit in the mid-season finale. I thought that was brilliant. Both of them uh, really, really good. Uh, because Carl it was just, you know, became a man almost. You know, his just ability to do that and the way he carried out the plan to help everybody and Negan's genuine being knocked off his kilter by what Carl was saying was great. Um, the saviors are now leveling Alexandria. Uh, Negan's told them to fire, and they're basically throwing grenades. They've got grenade launchers. Alexandria's being blown to bits. The church went, uh, houses start going, the fence has got holes in it. One of the things I would point out at this point there don't appear to be many walkers in the area. No, there sure doesn't. Considering the sheer noise and explosions and everything, I'd kind of be expecting the place to be herded, you know? But, um, okay, we'll, we'll try and skip past that. Uh, at the kingdom, uh, the saviors are demanding Ezekiel and they want to punish somebody. That's kind of continuing. On the road, uh, Simon you know, has been just laying in the Maggie uh, and he gives her these choices, the kind of impossible choices, which are you can go back, um, you can produce for me, you can produce for for everyone. He does lay out a little bit of the uh, almost bad guy monologuing here because he lets her know that they're taking the kingdom whilst the sanctuary is rebuilt. And they're destroying Alexandria, but they're going to leave the hilltop to make the food for them. So he, he kind of lets on there. Maggie, considering she's had the guy shot behind her, very emotional, you know, the plan's not working. She has a real calmness of thought in this moment where she says to him, let me have the coffin, the box. We're going to go back. You don't have to kill any more of us. We're going to go back to the hilltop. You know, she basically like, yeah, okay, you've won. Please let me have that coffin to bury. You know, that's that's please for that. Um, he says, yes, Simon's kind of a bit smug here. Feels like he's won. He's made his point. And we know that these people are heading back to the hilltop and the saviors are moving on. I don't see what happens with Jerry and it's troubling me. Hmm. Was Jerry okay? Did you see him get in any of the cars? Right. Yeah. No. No? No. No. Uh, see. Damn you, Gimp. If you take Jerry, I will hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we now have... Let's see where we are now. We're back at Alexandria. 
and we see Carl and his plan is basically just setting off these smoke grenades and basically making it as difficult as possible for the saviors. Um, Negan and his crew come bursting in, um, and the orders are to find Carl, you know, uh, but don't kill him. Uh, but stuff's just being blown up everywhere. Again, it's kind of this artsy stuff where Carl is kind of like, everything's in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwight has led his group of saviors chasing after Daryl, etc., who burst out of Alexandria. Uh, we see Daryl and uh, Michonne, etc., have all set up uh, the woods. They're kind of waiting in ambush. And Dwight drives the Savior straight into the ambush, despite the the I can never remember her name, but she's in it a lot. There's a female Savior with like a face tattoo. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, she's basically like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? You're driving us straight into it." And he does. And Dwight actually turns his gun on the Saviors in this as well. Mm-hmm. He kind of makes a decision uh, because you see him look over the car and he can see Daryl, and he. For just a moment, you see him kind of like, there's a decision to be made here. Yeah. I can shoot these guys or I can stick with them and turn on the saviors like I was doing. And that's what he does. He turns his gun on the saviors, but this woman is still alive. She shoots him. Uh, she clearly now knows he's a traitor and she gets away. Um, but the rest of the saviors that went after him have all been killed. Um. Back at the sanctuary, then, we have, again, one of these scenes which, to me, is almost like out of place in this episode, mm. um, and that's with Eugene. Uh, Eugene, <laughs> the guy the guy can't sleep. Uh, he's struggling, but we knew that from last week's, in essence, Eugene Bottle episode, um, and he goes to help Father Gabriel and the Doctor escape. He basically sets it up for them to be able to get away. I don't understand why we needed that thrown into this. You know, yeah, there was so know. much going on. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. It, it, it kind of jumped to that, and I was like, what? Why? And then we jumped back away again. So Eugene has helped Gabriel and the Doctor escape. The only question off the back of that, really, is do you think that means Eugene's come back to Team Rick, or do you think that's just Eugene genuinely at the moment not knowing what he's doing, and he's just making decisions the seat of his pants yeah i think he's just he's riding by the seat of his pants right now yeah no i'm with you i don't think he's team rick or necessarily team negan i think he's team eugene yep um and he's not sure what he's doing um inside the kingdom then we finally see ezekiel sprung back to life uh, and he sets off an explosion um you know the explosion goes up Here's a question for you, and this is for every TV show, every film in reality as well. Why do you run towards the explosion? (laughs) (laughs) You know, something explodes and he shouts at the guys, go check that out. No, wait here. Right. (laughs) Something's exploded. Let's see what comes of it. Uh, But anyway, a load of saviors run off to see what happened, why something exploded. And we see Ezekiel with like an old school bus um, just kind of go slamming into all of these people to save them. Um, a couple of the members of the kingdom kind of uh, fight back, you know, lay some punches. This woman, one woman who was really scared of the tiger. I remember knocks a guy out, takes his gun, fires a few rounds, uh, jumps on. And basically these people all get out of there. 
just as Carol's arriving, and Ezekiel is running, and Ezekiel locks and shuts the gate, keeping himself inside, shouting to Carol to look after all of the people, and he's basically surrendered himself so everybody else can escape. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I can understand what he's doing that. He feels responsible for all those deaths. This is him, his way of trying to make up for it. Um, We jump back to the hilltop. The people have arrived back. Uh, Maggie gets straight out of the car, demands one of the saviors out of the the prison, if you Mm -hmm. like, and shoots the guy. I did not see that coming. No. That was probably the most shocking thing in the whole episode. <laughs> um, the guy was kind of being a bit mouthy, so when she did pull the trigger, I was like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but again, I was still shocked. And we get to see that she did it cold as ice, you know, like said to them all, they've killed one of ours, we're going to kill one of theirs, and we've got like 39 left. Um, but when she walks away, you get this shot seeing her She's barely holding it together. You know, she's almost walking away, trying not to cry or trying not to show emotion. So I liked that. I liked that she didn't just suddenly become the Terminator on us. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that it's still Maggie, but she's trying to, she's trying her best to keep the war going and keep, you know, <laughs> be a leader in essence. Um, and I think she's now getting what Rick has had to deal with for so many years, which is these unbelievably difficult decisions all the time um but yeah maggie in essence she got that box from simon the the coffin she puts the savior that she just shot in it um writes a note that she's got 39 more i think it was 39 uh and she tells two of the guys from the hilltop to go put it somewhere they'll find it Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah that was cold yeah Uh, don't mess with maggie the widow um, we're back on the road and we have Dwight. Uh, Dwight's been shot, so he's down. Uh, Tara, Daryl, etc., who have been basically saying the minute they see Dwight again, they're going to kill him. You've got to kill Dwight. We don't trust Dwight. We're going to kill him. They have him in their sights and they do nothing. Um, Dwight basically says to them that, hey, you know, I'm with you now. One of them got away. They know I've been the traitor. Um, will settle up afterwards. I still think Negan and the Saviors have got to go. Uh, so Daryl takes his vest back, which, you know, I know a lot of people were happy about. Yeah. And Rosita's the one who actually helps Dwight up, which again, for me, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm seeing the sense in that Rosita's kind of had this, uh, story arc where she's gone down the rabbit hole, if you like, and has seen the consequences of her actions. And now she's trying to kind of see things bigger picture. Uh, she believes in Rick Grimes. So Rosita's kind of great at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but she helps Dwight up. Daryl and Tara kind of walk off. The only thing that annoyed me a little bit about that was the fact that we've seen Daryl recently make these ridiculous decisions mm-hmm. which don't benefit the group. Mm-hmm. In the very last episode, he even said, you know, I don't care. i, I got to do this. You know, he basically yep. said to hell with everybody. Um, and yet, right now, so in the timeline of the show, a day later, 
he's confronted with the guy who was his torturer, the guy he hates. But Daryl made the smart decision for the benefit of the group to leave him alive. So what the hell is going on with Daryl? What the hell is going on with the writing? We cannot... They've just wrecked that character for me. Yep. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not alone on that. It's just really mm-hmm. frustrating. Um, so at the kingdom, we hear from inside the kingdom what they're planning to do to Ezekiel. Basically, they're going to kill him, break stuff, hang him up on the fence so all the people can see him. And out of the darkness, which let's face it, a lot of this show was for this episode, we see Morgan. Morgan is there. He has arrived and he is listening. I kind of thought, oh, we're gonna have some. We're gonna have him go for Morgan, right? <clears throat> but nothing happened. Yep. Morgan just drifted back into the darkness. Okay. Yeah. We now head back to Alexandria, and Rick has arrived. I'm. Alexandria is now basically blown apart and on fire. The walls are down. There are walkers around. We've seen at least three. Yeah, yep. Um, and everything's blowing up. There's saviors everywhere. Rick heads to his house asking, shouting for Carl and Judith. Does he really think that with all of that going on, that Carl and Judith would be hiding in the house? <sighs> Carl, does he really think Carl's in the house? Carl never stays in the house. Exactly. What is he doing? <laughs> I, 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 I'm joking about that, but I'm being deadly serious. That yeah. made no logical sense to no. me at all that he would arrive back there and Rick, of all people, would know the evacuation plan, which clearly right. there was one. Right. Why in the hell would he go to his house? I don't know. But I don't know. Okay. Well, you know, it was a genuine question, but man, I was hoping that you could maybe hit me up with some knowledge and I could mm. go, yeah, yeah, yep. okay, I understand. It. <laughs> nah, it made no sense. But anyway, he, he goes into his house and we have now a, a long-awaited fight, basically. Negan is in that house. Negan knew Rick was going to show up, so clearly Negan knows Rick better than we do. Right. Um, Negan has got Lucille, and the two of them go at it. This is the first time we've actually seen them fight you know the kind of on an even kill we've yeah. seen them shoot at each other but hand to hand um i thought it was a good fight i thought the two of them got really stuck into each other uh we have a moment where rick gets the upper hand we have a moment where negan gets the upper hand uh rick lays his hands on lucille uh negan don't you touch her um which was kind of great i like that um and then he boots rick through a window uh, but as Rick gets up and kind of runs off, um, so that ends the fight, uh, much to Negan's annoyance. Uh, we see that Michonne has gone back. Michonne has headed back inside Alexandria. Uh, but Michonne's done that after Rosita and everyone have gone down a drain. Mm-hmm. Um, back at Alexandria. So they kind of sped off in that convoy. I'm guessing to draw some of the saviors away, ambush them, and then have headed back. Again, I'm, I'm not fully following, but hopefully between us we'll work that through. But Michonne has gone in search of, I'm guessing Carl. She's thinking Carl at this point because he stayed behind. 
Um, and she's gone in. Uh, she runs into a savior. Uh, she stabs him through the head with the samurai sword and then just starts hacking at the guy. Uh, Rick runs into her. Luckily, you know, she realizes Rick before she goes full ninja on him. And the two of them uh, basically escape. Um, yeah, basically escape back to the sewer like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Um, with all of this going on overhead, the sewers look to me like a kind of bomb shelter. It looks like they've been kitted out. Mm-hmm. Um, again, at no point have I seen this in the show, have you? No. No talk about this at any point no, that I've missed? No, 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 no. Well, well clearly they've done this up like a you know, a place, a last resort in essence, a bomb shelter, a fallout shelter. Right. And we see everybody down there looking beaten, defeated, you know, as they would, you know, uh, some people are blooded. Uh, we see Dwight there, obviously he's been shot. Uh, Tara, she can barely make eye contact with Rick. I think in this moment and the moments that have just gone on, Tara's realizing, um, you know, the mistakes that have been made. I believe Daryl's holding Judith. And as Rick and Michonne turn the corner, we see Carl. Mm-hmm. Carl is covered in sweat. Carl is looking very, very pale. Uh, he doesn't look well at all. Um, straight on from Carl, we see uh, the guy from episode one, Sadiq, mm-hmm. uh, who Carl went and saved You know, a few episodes ago. Uh, we know that Carl had a fight with those walkers. We kind of attacked that a little bit on the podcast because I said how unbelievable it was that Carl would go through that and not get bit. Right. Carl did get bit. And the reveal at the end of the mid-season finale is Carl lifts up his shirt and he has been bitten on his stomach. Yep. uh, In his side. I mean, I've written here... (laughs) Oh, I can't write... I can't read out what I've written here. WTF. Um... And that's how the episode ends. We have this kind of artistic shot of them panning out mm. um, and the episode ends. We don't mm-hmm. get any speech or anything. We just get Rick obviously looking. Uh, you know, I've read online a few people being critical of Andrew Lincoln. Um, I don't think that's fair. I, I think Andrew Lincoln in that moment and Rick Grimes in that moment is just pure dumbstruck shock. Sure. And doesn't know to speak, doesn't know where to look, doesn't know where to sit down, stand up. He just, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not being, I don't think criticism there is fair at no. all. Um, I thought his and Michonne's reactions were just, wow, you know, like a gut punch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the episode ended. Um, so we're going to lose Carl. He's not dead yet, but we know that he is going to die. Yep. Uh, for me, man, that sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what a a crappy way for him to go out. Yeah. I I think, uh, I I think we just need to go ahead and just do this right now. Go for it. And now for this week's spoiler warning. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you were gonna hit Alpha's rage. Oh no, no, sorry. No, I just wanted to, dude. I'm so beyond raging over this show now. It's it's moved <laughs> on to. I just want to sit in a corner in a fetal position and cry about how great it was and how much they've <laughs> ruined it. 
um, so you, so no, I wanted to fi- I wanted to hit the spoiler stuff because um, I just want to jump like right right into it um, about Carl and getting fired and yep. um, so as soon as I mean it wasn't long after the the show aired um, Chandler Riggs's father came out on Facebook and said that you know he was he was fired. He was, they told him just right before his 18th birthday and yep. Gimple, you know, had told him earlier that, yeah, 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 you're going to be in the show for several years. So Chandler Riggs had just bought a house there and yep. he was committed to, you know, sticking through the show. Um, and then he gets told when they're filming episode six, that Carl's not going to make it and he's going to go. And, um, I, Carl plays in the comics, such a vital role. Like the, the, so, I mean, really this is the biggest death on this show ever. Yep. Agreed. Um, and basically the way the comics are setting it up is that eventually Carl takes over for Rick. Yep. You know, uh, you've used the word a lot, the child of the apocalypse yep. and Carl is this kid who in the comics who grows up to be a man and is a super hardened leader. And the way Gimple this season has done things that go against Carl, I mean, against characters, but you know, Carl turning around to be the moral compass this episode, um, which is basically setting it up so that Rick has a reason to let Negan live. Like, yeah, that's what it's, that's what he's trying to do. Um, and I don't think it's going to work with, with the viewers. Um, because it wasn't enough. If we'd have had this whole season with tons of screen time of Carl, going, no, dad, we have to, you know, we're better than this. But just to throw it in, in a flashback and a little bit, you know, scattered. Yeah. I don't don't think it's enough. Well, I think the season eight B premiere is going to be all Carl dying. Yeah. And Carl trying to convince Rick of things needing to be different. Um, but, uh, not really into a spoiler section here, but just quickly, because I want to go back to something else you said, but I mean, that to me, that's not a big selling point for me to watch an episode, you know? No. I, I, what have I got to look forward to in February? Oh, great. Carl dying. Right. I mean, this, we, we've watched this character grow up, um, you know, from uh, eight years old originally or 10 to, to 18 in real life and we've seen the character grow uh anyone who's loved the show from the start is a fan of carl because you know why wouldn't you be um i know there's probably a few people who don't like him but whatever the majority do mm-hmm. um so yeah but but to go back to what you were talking about uh, you know forgetting the character a second and forgetting the show and the universe of the show just as people for them to treat someone who has grown up on the show. So all the cast, all the crew, everyone have seen this kid from eight to nine years old become a man, 17, 18 years old. To tell him, like his father has said, that, yeah, yeah, definitely three years, possibly more. Mm-hmm. 
allow him to buy a house, which at 18 years old is a big deal. Um, for well, any age, buying a property is a big deal um, in the area. And then to kill him off like that, uh, I mean, that, that to me goes towards uh, Gimple and just more, uh, just generally not liking the guy. Something interesting, I mentioned it to you earlier on, The Talking Dead airs directly after The Walking Dead and his life in mm-hmm. the US. Mm-hmm. The start of the show, Gimple is the guest on there, and Gimple, to me, was clearly visually upset. Mm-hmm. Would you? Did you pick up on that as well? Yeah, I I I I didn't watch much of it, but I did see no. what you were saying. Um, yeah, his eyes kind of—he looked like he'd been crying or or puffy. You know, he generally, and when he spoke a few times about the questions around Carl, his voice cracked a little bit. You tell. Um, I'm wondering because within minutes of that show finishing, Chandler Riggs's father went public. Mm-hmm. And Chandler Riggs also on his Twitter account said a couple of things and also put out, uh, there was an interview with the Hollywood reporter or something like that. Um, THR, which went live within minutes as mm-hmm. well. And I'm wondering how much of that feedback had already hit or how much of the kind of, uh, dare I say backlash had started to hit. Um, oh, if yeah. that had affected the guy or whatever, because yeah, just as people, um, you know, doing that, telling them one thing and doing something else. Yeah, okay, business, whatever, the industry, I, I get it. Um, my sure. daughter's a child actress. I have a very, very low opinion of the industry and the way they treat kids in the industry or right. people in general. Uh, actors are commodities. They are literally, right. you know, the way Negan treats people is actually pretty accurate to how actors are treated. Right. Um. So, yeah, but just seeing that, that that leave, uh, leaves a bit of a bitter taste beyond just the show, but oh, yeah. just the way they treated Chandler Riggs, I think is awful. It is. And, and, um, so Chandler Riggs said in an interview that basically Scott told him, Scott Gimple told him that he could not figure out, um, how to bring the show around to match the comics in that Rick wanting to let Negan live. Like he thought that was a plot hole in the comics and his way of doing fixing this. Now this is all according to Chandler Riggs. His way of fixing this is to have Carl take the role of the humanitarian and then have Carl die. Uh, which is to me just absolute madness. That makes zero sense. Zero sense. I mean, oh, okay, yeah, you could maybe have Carl be the moral compass, the humanitarian, but his death makes that that's that's so lame. Um, I wanted to add on top of that, we have the ratings in for uh, Sunday night show. Okay. And it drew in less than 8 million viewers. Where? And for a mid-season finale, they that's, usually get big low. jumps. Yep. Yeah, that, that's low. It had 7.89. I, and I don't imagine uh, the 8B premiere is going to have big numbers. I'd given imagine. Given the fact that everyone knows exactly what it's going to be. Yeah, I'd imagine it's going to be even lower. No, mad. Um, 
Oh, and then here's some other news for you. Uh, Andrew Lincoln just did an interview following the episode airing. And some things that were discussed in this interview with uh, Andrew Lincoln surprised me. According to Andrew Lincoln and the people doing the interview, season nine has not been, it's not been renewed for season nine. Well, that is massively interesting because we we saw the thing some time ago on a blip. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and then to, also Andrew more, definitely also Andrew Lincoln's contracts only good through this year, and it's not been renewed yet. <laughs> uh, see, see the more I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the show really at the moment. I'm I'm very very confused. Very mm-hmm. very. Um, uh, I feel like they've completely lost their way, and if they were to end it, it would be a really, really sad way for the show to end because mm-hmm. of how much this season's lost its way. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't know where they're going anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, we found that a little while ago, and yeah, it said, you know, it was kind of a it had been renewed. But hey, if Andrew Lincoln's saying it's not been, then mm-hmm. hell, hell, yeah, man. Um, and then also he just talked about how uh, Andrew Lincoln thought that the way the show was going to go was going to be Carl taking it, you know, yeah. over eventually. Yeah. And um, when Scott Gimple called him, you know, he just sat there and like stunned silence of like, you, you know, you got to be kidding. Yeah. Uh, um, there is conjecture, rumor that a few members of the cast, Andrew Lincoln included, were not happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's 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 the words going round. Um, Sam, my friend, buddy, I I don't know. I, I I'm so I was so speechless, honestly, when the show finished. Uh, yeah. The other night, um, I knew Carl was going to bite it in this episode. Um, and it was done very poorly. I thought, I thought, I, I just thought I, I, it was the worst mid season finale I've ever seen on this show. Um, uh, it's dude, it's a hot mess right now. It's an it absolute hot mess. And I don't know. I thought so, so hard about this all day yesterday with the cast and with everything that's gone on. Can they redeem it for me? Just me personally as a viewer. Can they bring yep. it back to the greatness of you know the level of enjoyment I used to have with it? And I don't know if they can. I've really not been able to picture in my head how they can bring it back from this. With this yeah. cast and with everything else. Maybe the hope is, you know, Lenny James and they just do a complete rewrite over there on fear. And it just goes a completely different direction and it's new and it's fresh and it's exciting, but it's been so blundered this season. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know where they can come, come back from. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's, it's, well, there's not much to say. I mean, I finished watching the episode and like you, I just kind of sat there for a moment and took it in and thought, my my first real takeaway from it was just what an awful way 
for Carl to go out. Now, Chandler Riggs, as an actor, did a phenomenal job. He did. Now, knowing that he's been bitten, I can look back over things and go, wow, now all of that makes sense. That, for me, was okay. All right. But for a character of of that importance to the show, if he was going to go out being bit, let's see it happen and let's have the impact of that happen. Let's have people react to it. Let's have the impact of Carl being bit. You, you understand uh, you know, what you just said then. There's something I've read a few times. Gimple couldn't fill in the plot hole. I, I said a couple of weeks ago, if Carl's going to go out and Carl's going to get bit, how about Negan tries to save him and Rick sees that? Bang. Right. Right. Or they're, they're right there is a legitimate reason. But just just for it to be, oh, he lifts up his shirt and he got bit a couple of weeks ago. Or, uh, you know, from our point of view, but in the show a few days ago. Yeah. Or, or, just, or you know, uh, Rick has Negan pinned down. Like Rick, Carl, Michonne, they've got Negan pinned down. And like Rick's getting ready to execute him. And like Carl jumps in between them and takes the bullet for Negan. Yeah. You know, like yeah, because he's been. Hell, yeah. You know, he's been yelling to, you know, Rick the whole time. No, dad, this isn't right. Like, we're better than this. We got to, you know, and, you know, boom, it screen rolls black and it's saving, you know, Carl dying yeah, to save just, Negan or something, anything. Yeah, I, I just, to, to lose Carl, I, I think the show's going to lose more viewers. Um, I, I genuinely think people are just going to throw their hands up. A perfect way of gauging that. Um, we have had a lot of comments on our Facebook page. We do a post after every episode, people to comment. Obviously, a lot of people needed to run online and kind of, uh, dare I say, therapy, kind of get their thoughts out. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through them all, but I'm going to give it a damn good go. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, so, man, hit my music. And now, let us turn to our Facebook page where Sam butchers names. <laughs> now, this week, as I'm going to be rushing through this, I could butcher a lot of these names, mm-hmm. but I'm not stopping, okay? I'm All going right. for it. You you ready, my friend? Roll on, brother. Okay, first comment, Manda Ezekwe, right here we go. Great that Daryl got his vest back. I still would have shot the white. Thought Simon did a great job. Maggie should have shot anti-Jesus. Uh, lame ending for Carl. Weird 80s pop music. Hashtag face montage over synth music. Yep. yep. Uh, with you, Amanda, we picked that out. Uh, Gail Begany, uh, ridiculous move on Gimple's part. I'm sick. He was not supposed to go out. Not like this. No matter what storyline is coming, they just ruin that show. Many people will stop watching. Boom. Well said. Uh, we have just uh, an image from Kelly Stutter, just of Bugs Bunny crying. Uh, Pamela Curtis Messer. It's sad. Ian Abantosaurus Richard says he quit the show. People have corrected you there, Ian. And yeah, as we said in the podcast, he was he was let go. Charles R. Arrington. I can't believe that Carl's going to die. He's usually careful about those things like his father. Correct. He made a mistake. Joe Emerson. think it sucks that Carl died before the other asshats that needed to die first. Fair point. Uh, Jacqueline Weeks. Brilliant episode, but don't understand the reasoning for Carl at all. Such a waste that loses that storyline. 
I wouldn't have called it a brilliant episode, but I understand, Jacqueline. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Joyce Goody. 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 I'm going with Goody. I uh, was, was a bit of a surprise to see that Carl had been bitten and now will die. There are others would have killed off before him. Uh, Michelle Dennison agrees with you there. Uh, Bonnie Murfallon. I'm very sad right now. It just broke my heart to see Rick and Michonne when they saw the bite on Carl. I'm with you, Bonnie. I, I felt the same. Shelley Stover. Carl should bite Negan on the forehead, then they can amputate it. <laughs> nice. Uh, Caroline Hayes, I was in bits. I'm so gutted. Uh, Mike Wilson bores the life out of me now, this program. <laughs> mm. But you took the time to comment. Thanks, Mike. Uh, Michelle Davis, Dwight should go. Negan needs to go to needs to be knocked down a few pegs. Carl should still be with us. Damn, it's depressing to think that the dead are eating the living, and even in those horrible times, we still can't get along. Well said, Michelle. Why can't we all get along? Big hug it out. Okay, Michelle K. Triggerlet E.M. <laughs> Michelle, I've butchered that. Apologies. Uh, get rid of Father Gabriel, Eugene, anybody else but Carl. Jennifer Lee just says, crap, big capital letters. Courtney Han says, pretty shocked by Carl going out like he did. I love the episode and finally a Rick versus Negan fight. I've uh, been waiting for that forever. I'm actually pretty interested to see where the story goes from here. Well, there you go, Courtney. So, mate, there's someone who's interested. Uh, Brendan Moyer just has some upset faces. Roxy Ledbury has a uh, Carl and uh, Rick Grimes gif. Uh, very sad. Brenda Kottmeyer, it's a sad ending. Rick might go off and Michonne keep an eye on her, no telling what she'll do. Yep, very true. I think both of them are going to be pretty wrecked by this. Shannon Louise Ashby, when did he even get bit? Seeing no walkers near him. Uh, Jody's filled you in there when he was saving Sadiq. Uh, Jody Bergen, I'm gutted about him getting bit. If I'm honest, I think it's a shoddy way to end such a big character like him. I'm convincing myself that it's a whisper <laughs> or it's on his bullet wound and he will have a transfusion from Rick and he's going to be fine. I'm um, sorry, Jody. He, he dead. Um, Michelle Holt Kubik, uh, just crying. Brenda Kottmeyer again. No, Debbie Stoker is pissed. Um, perhaps she's drunk. Uh, Peggy Brown. When did Carl get bit? In the woods, back of the town. Uh, so, so some people just generally don't know what the hell's going on, which I think is a, a genuine indictment of where the show is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liana Ovido Toledo, my heart is broken. Uh, Laurie Silman, it's sad. Linda Garcia, glad I couldn't stand the kid. Linda, how could you? Ouch. Oh, Linda. Uh, Charlotte Sorrell, devastated. Laurie Howard West, I feel terrible. I've been so emotional all day. Uh, Anya Silver, episode was amazing, but the moment I saw the bite mark right on Carl's side, I got confused and wondered to myself, why did it not show a scene of him getting bit? I was pretty sad, but kind of disappointed at the same time while finding that out. But while watching The Talking Dead, he's not dead yet, and he'll be in the next episode in February. Okay. Uh, Trudy Hack uh, has got the gif of your breaking my heart. Uh, Claus Dillon has a meme already. Uh, nice one, Claus. Uh, Darlene Cannon, not happy at all. Maybe some miracle will happen. Just hoping. I expected Carl to become a real leader. We all did, Darlene. And sorry, there's going to be no miracle. He's dead. Uh, Anna Elizabeth Morrill, not happy about it. But I read where Carl is about to start college life. So perhaps that's why he's leaving. Uh, in a sense, Joanne Wilson's just crying. Mary Beth Coleman. 
I heard maybe one of those who doesn't turn. Perhaps he's not susceptible to the virus. Sadly, Mary, he, he's dead. Uh, Melissa Privet, I think they made a big mistake by killing off Carl. They stayed, they've strayed far too away from the comics with that one. I think you'll agree with that one, my friend. Mm-hmm. Pat Hodge, Gimple Fired Chandler of exclamation marks. Uh, Aaron Donato, my boy, no, oh no. I uh, hope I did that justice. Uh, Margie Sullins uh, just says, ah, he's gone. Uh, Dawn Morris, I'm absolutely devastated. He was getting so brave. Georgia Messer-Pape. I've butchered that. No, please tell me it isn't so. That's beyond messed up. Linda Kennedy, not happy about it, but, but not, sorry, hang on. Not happy about it, but no, the show has to go on. He could have done so much. Yep, true. Pam Lamb. Devastated, can't stand this, hoping something else bit him. What else? Does, maybe a dog? <laughs> um, Bonnie Miller, going to miss him. Love you, Carl. Uh, Sheila Hayden, sad I cried. Class uh, Reyes, how could they kill Carl? I just don't get it. Jennifer Miller, sad and upset. And then she does lots of images. I'm heartbroken, poor Carl, says Rebecca Riots. Rebecca Showman, I cried all night. Uh, Buffy Mills, what the hell are you talking about, son? Um, that's to someone else. There are there's people arguing on this post. Um, uh, Martha Boyer says, I hate it and I'll miss you. Tessa Maloney, this effing sucks. Sheila Castro, this was an excellent episode. You okay. notice I've not seen many of those. I think those are three rare. out of all these comments. Yeah. Uh, Joy Collins says, I hate that they keep killing off the main characters. Carl just became the right age to have a better story arc and he's going to be missed. Agreed. Teresa Cowden-Westphal sucks. Dila Farrow. They had one of the production crew on the Talking Dead last night. Well, that's Gimple. Um, and he said, Carl's got some music coming out. Yeah. Yeah, he did try and push that, didn't he? Uh, Emma Buchanan Carroll, my husband and I were both watching it and we were both stunned. It was ridiculous after it was cut to commercial. I looked in and was just like, what happened? Uh, James Shilby is not good, bro. Uh, Sabrina Neve, who we've mentioned before. Hi, Sabrina. Uh, I'm so upset. We better, we better going to get a badass throat-biting Rick back. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, Gloria Dorothea Ruiz, I'm so pissed. Why, 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 why have they done that? Uh, Krista Garcia, I'm so sad. Not Carl. Justin Anderson, he ain't going anywhere. I think you're in denial, Justin. Uh, Pamela just got lots of sad faces. Joanne Perch just says it hurts. Cindy Miner says she cried. I thought he might die, but I was expecting it to go from an attack. Not like that. Um... Tracy Hearn, hate it, I'm going to miss him. Uh, Mary Riggleman, watch him as a little boy grow up and a young man, so sad. Uh, Patrick Landry, or Patrick Laundry, I'm going to call you. He says, I'm conflicted. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna air this and then give your opinion. The comic fan of me wants Gimple decapitated and run through Tang with his head on a spike. Figuratively, of course. I'm not so sure figuratively, my friend. The show fan is still invested. Remixes work in the show sometimes, so let's see how it plays out. Alfie, keep it quiet. <laughs> he, he's directed kept it. it too. Kept it. Uh, but I heard the same spoiler. Oh, kept it quiet. Yes. Uh, I preferred the idea of him ranting <laughs> at you. Uh, but I heard the same spoiler that I knew he was tiptoeing around, so I was sh- not shocked with the reel, but was sad. Uh, Earl, the blacksmith from Hilltop, has no reason to go on without Carl around, so he got one bullet that intimated Maggie in the car. 
Uh, Negan was noticeably confused when Carl said to kill him. I think Gavin is conflicted and could come around as a member of the group after the war. Like I say, hashtag not all saviors. Good episode, but damn. Well, Patrick enjoyed it, uh, but Patrick's Patrick's giving Gimple more of a chance than I am. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Oh, just took a deep breath. Going to get stuck back in the more. Uh, Beverly Swiger Wilson. I've said that wrong. Not good. They should have aired this one after Christmas. <laughs> uh, Nicole Newman, just heartbroken. <laughs> Beverly Swiger Wilson. On the next season, it will show you how and when he was bitten, maybe. Uh, Warren Perkins says F Gimple. Chris O'Connor, not happy. Tara Miller, he's not dead yet. Again, Tara, I think you're kind of clutching at straws there Bobby Dew it does suck that Carl not with us anymore best of luck to the young actor Angela Blair cannot believe this uh, sugar Mary Fernandez it really upset me should should have killed Simon uh, Kathleen McNabb no more pudding on the roof uh, yeah that was sad uh, Tina McCormick no worried think he'll make it he's gonna make it no no he's not um, Aaron Maynard think it's a huge mistake for the show I agree Aaron Debbie Lay, I don't like it. Why do they do these things? This didn't need to happen. They might as well kill them all off next season and end it. Deb is angry, I can tell. Um, Kefir Duro, really sad, but, you know, it happens. Uh, Janice Mayhew-Kent, I'm totally pissed. Um, Stefan Cruz-Alvarez now has a small essay. Um... Okay, I fully expect backlash to this. I honestly got really cross with the episode. Eden, there should be Aiden, uh, Aaron. <laughs> Enid and Aaron is what he's trying to say. What happened to them? Yep. In it for five minutes and never seen again. The king, any reason he didn't just drive off with everybody in that bus? Why were we not shown Carol, Rick and Jerry changing cars? Didn't know. Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, Rick, you're a bloody police sheriff, so why are you so thick? The whole town is on fire. Let's just walk into your house expecting the people to be asleep. Okay, yeah, yeah I, I pointed that out. Uh, he then has Lucille, Negan on his back. Come on, hit him with the handle? No. Um, what was Morgan doing suddenly at the kingdom, listening to the king get taken? Ooh, it's a zombie apocalypse, so uh, maybe we'll see five minutes of zombies in the whole show. Um, Negan was making a hell of a lot of noise for no one to be around. Gimple has made a joke of the show, jumping around everywhere, doesn't actually show full stories, doesn't explain things. The ratings are dropping, so what do they do? Kill off a main character who doesn't die in the comics. As my 17-year-old sister said after the show, the bite, sorry, after we saw the bite, well, no reason for me to watch anymore. Yeah, yeah I heard he's starting college, etc., but interesting to see if he quit or Gimple fired him. Yeah, Gimple made the decision. You got yep. rid of him. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, thank you, Stefan. Uh, Priscilla and Jake Cadul, uh, devastated. <laughs> Catherine Tunley, devastated. Gwen Alexander, he's not dead yet. Again, Gwen, you're kind of really clutching the straws there. Uh, Circuit Olam, <laughs> Ojanin, uh, butchered that. So sad. Sandy Cochran, sad but felt it out. <sighs> sad but felt it outdoor be him or Michonne. I felt it had to be him or Michonne, I think that's supposed to say. Thank you, Sandy. Uh, Danielle, Christina, I think that with the show dying because of Gimple, the character's stories must be told. We'll watch the end of Carl's journey, and I'm okay with that. However, it doesn't justify the terrible job Gimple has done on the show. It's a shame. Danielle, speaking to the choir there. 
Uh, Anna Bryant, sad. Stacey Rezak, I'm so sad. Never saw that coming. Um, yeah, uh, we're done. That was it. That all was right. all of the comments. Right. Ooh, I'm tired now. <laughs> yeah. Um, a big thank you to everybody. Um, I appreciate every single comment we get. It's why I took the time to read them. Um, we do go through them. We do read them. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. And obviously we appreciate everybody listening as well. Um, really not sure where the show's going. Uh, it's not the show me and Alfie sort of fell in love with in the seasons one through to four. Um, we were still heavily invested in the characters. Yep. If they're going to keep taking those characters away, um, I think I speak for us and I think I speak for a lot of the fans where they're gradually peeling away the reason we're watching. Um, season eight hasn't felt like the walking dead to me. It's felt like something else. Mm -hmm. And I'm not quite sure. I enjoy what that is, but no. uh, we will be back. We, we will, will be back for season eight, uh, part B, but we are now taking a break. Um, we will be back. I don't know if we're going to do a preview show. I'm going to guess to see what kind of news is out yep, there. Yep. If anything big breaks in the Walking Dead universe, then we'll possibly do a show before season eight comes back just to kind of update things and then and then talk about what's to come. But for me, my friend, um, season eight part A has been pretty disappointing. Yeah, it's been the it's beyond beyond disappointing for me. Yeah. Uh, it has been, but but let's just focus on the positives for a moment. It's that time of year. It's Christmas, so uh, for all our listeners, have a very Merry Christmas. Uh, have a Happy New Year. We will be back, if not before, it will be in February 2018. Yep. Um, and to you, my friend, I'll speak to you soon, but thank you, as always, and you'll hear from us again. Yeah, buddy, Sam, as always, it's a pleasure. We will catch you next time. That's a wrap. Go, music, go! <laughs> Followed by over 17,000 people on Facebook, you need to be one of them. Find the Stuff and Things podcast on Facebook at Stuff and Things Podcast. Also check us out online at StuffandThingsPodcast.com. If you can't figure out how to spell it, then you don't deserve to be there.